Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's popping in the culture. And there is a Netflix show now called Altered Carbon that I'm obsessed with. So my guest today, Joel Kinnaman, is the star of this show. And I could, as I usually intro things, explain everything that's happening. But hell no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I've got Joel here. <laughs> yeah, Welcome. Yeah. I would pass that one over, too, if I were you. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, not an what? easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, the great thing is you're a guy named Takeshi, Takeshi, <laughs> Takeshi Kovash, yes. you know? So the Japanese in you I'm not seeing. No, you no, know? It's, it's the, the Japanese in me is the one that's inside the stack. It's in the stack. Yeah. The kind of, the memory and all of that yeah. thing in your head is there. Are you still with us, people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So Alter Carbon, it takes place uh, 300 years in the future where this new technology where you're able to store the human consciousness, everything, your memories, everything that's you in a chip that we call a stack that is inserted into the back of your skull. And this makes uh, the bodies interchangeable. You Mm -hmm. can switch bodies. And if you're ultra-rich, you can make your own clone. And um, and I play this uh, Takeshi Kovach, who is a former terrorist or freedom fighter, depending on what side of history you're on. And, um, and I get brought back. Uh, I've been living in digital prison for 250 years. And, uh, and I get brought back uh, into this new world to solve the attempted murder of one of these ultra-rich. In the body uh, of... Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that because that's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, who knows what is But this body, this body. This body. Yeah, it's yeah. that. So yeah. you're not really him at all because another actor plays him. <laughs> It, in no. his birth right. sleeve. You exactly. are the sleeve. The sleeve, yeah. That's, that's in the Alter Carbon Lingo universe, a body is a sleeve mm-hmm. that you put on your stack. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds obscene now. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. And James Purefoy, who's the villain, who's bankrupt, yeah. he's a meth for Methuselah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the, the, the ultra rich. rich, the ultra rich in the Alter Carbon universe, the, they are basically immortal and they're called meths. From Methuselah. What you do in it to me, which is so Raymond Chandler, so film noir, kind of, there, there's a kind of Bogart thing going on with you, where the part is written so well to be funny, even though this guy is really starts out bitter and cynical and says, yes. put me back in the freeze. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need this life. Yeah, it was, it was a good. It was a good place to start from from a character standpoint. Because w- when I come into the the story, um, everyone that has ever meant anything in for Kovac, in Kovac's life is dead, and everything he's ever fought for is lost. And the only avenue of life he has is to basically be the slave of one of his sworn enemies. <laughs> that sounds so, good. Not, not too, uh, it's not too good of a start. <laughs> what was the attraction for you when you got offered this? What well, yeah. was the first thing that said, you know what, I want to do this? Well, I mean, I, I love, like, uh, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love sci-fi. And well, I, you were Robocop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm particularly drawn to these sort of dystopian tales of the future where it is sort of, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're sending warning signals back to you know, this is where we end up if we don't start making the right choices. But I also love, uh, you know, the idea of where technology could take us. Uh, so, like, I love the genre. But then 
many times when you do like a big budget sci-fi um, thing, then it's the, the only avenue where they get realized, where the world creation gets realized is usually big budget Hollywood movies. And they're yeah. usually PG-13 and, you know, they're kind of broad to, you know, capture the whole audience that then is going to carry through for three, four movies. So they want to capture them when they're like 12 years old. And <laughs> Um, but when Netflix now is doing these shows that have a similar scale, but they can be, you know, it's a hard R rating, and then you can really realize this novel um, in the way that it was written. So in this uh, sci-fi genre you love so much, what are your favorites? What are those? What were those movies or TV things that made you? Because Blade Runner comes up when you look at. This. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, and and uh, that's also one of my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was a big Verhoeven fan. I mean, I love the original RoboCop mm-hmm. and um, and Total Recall. I also love Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bunch that I love. And then you did Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah. So this is the thing with you. <laughs> well, I think after this, I have to sort of. Find a role with, you know, some uh, some character that's dying from terminal disease, and I have to no. where I have to lose all my weight. Uh, I have to get my credibility back exactly. in some way. <laughs> but no, you have being a Swede. The two things that I think you have done in television, on American television, that are brilliant, are the killing, and then House of Cards. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, look, very American. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, you're the governor of New York running for president. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. What is that? When you what? Uh, tell us a little bit about where you come from and how this happened. That you're, I'm trying to figure out your accent while I'm talking to you now. Yeah. Well, I'm, what is it? Is it a mix of things? Yeah, it's probably a mix. Yeah. But, but I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm Swedish. I, I grew up in Sweden and I went to school there and I, I um, went to theater school and then I worked in a theater in Sweden and started my career, made a bunch of films. And it was easier for me to make the transition to the U.S. because my father is American, but who, who lives in Sweden. So he, my, my father, he... he um, he was uh, drafted and, and sent to Vietnam, mm-hmm. and then while he was stationed in Bangkok, he uh, he started spending a lot of time with European backpackers, and he started started to form a completely different opinion about what the war the was. The war he was in. And then he went up into, he had a German friend that was getting married to a Laotian girl. So on one of his, my father's leaves, he went with him up into Laos to this wedding, and it ended up, it, the, the, the woman's family was Vietnamese. So he was at this wedding with this Vietnamese family and had the sort of, you know, one of those youthful, magical experiences of meeting another culture mm-hmm. and, and was like blown away by these people. And then came back to the military barracks and just felt so completely disconnected from what the war was and, and the idea that he was going to go fight in this war just uh, felt wrong. So he, he, uh, he went AWOL. He did? Yeah. And then he went on the run... And he hitchhiked his way up into northern Thailand, into Laos, and, and lived on the run in Laos for over five years. And he met my sister's mother, who was an American working for the Red Cross there, and she got pregnant. And then, um, with the help of some uh, international journalists, he made his way to Sweden and, um, and then started a life in Sweden. So is he protected by being in Sweden from prosecution? Here? So Jimmy Carter issued a full amnesty for deserters. Oh. So, so that's how it happened. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Kind of, it's interesting because 
now, since I moved to the States eight years ago, and I love America, mm-hmm. and, and the, I'm, I'm intending to, you know, continue to live here. And my, I brought, uh, my, my wife, she's also Swedish, but, you know, we both love it here. So my dad has sort of rediscovered America through us. Because I think of you saying Swedish Stockholm, I'm thinking, you must know all the Skarsgård, you know? Well, I do, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. do, because no, no, I, we I, always I, think of it as just this small little town. So. Well, you know, uh, me and Alex Skarsgård, we went to the same high school. And uh, Nomi Rapaz, you know, who yes. is, uh, yeah, we also went to the same high school. Uh, <laughs> See, I was right. So it's like, it is a but, small town. Yes, but I'm, I'm close to friends with, uh, with Gustav Skarsgård. No, who actually also went to the same high, high school. school. <laughs> they all did, everybody. Like the not same Stellan, high school. Not not the dad. He didn't go to your high no, school. No, no. And I think Stellan was, uh, was the one that sort of prepared me for all the nudity and altered carbon. Uh, cause, Explain cause he's because a man he did that, so that, much of it. He's a man that claims that every man has the right to be naked in his own home, uh, which of course I, don't, I think anyone, no one would disagree. But mm-hmm. he just thinks that you have the right to be that, regardless of who's there. <laughs> <laughs> so when company comes, or oh, he always like walking around naked. Yeah. He's, uh, he's <laughs> so uh, I no. think basically every actor in training should do a year. I think in Sweden. Yeah, I think that's so good. that we get rid of these inhibitions. Yeah, that I think seems that's to good. Go on. Well, you did. I read a year in Texas. I did. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Did they say suddenly, "Let's send him to Texas"? <laughs> then he'll understand what America is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um, I was in a pretty weird place in my life. I was in my teens, and I was the group of friends that I was hanging out with were you know going down a pretty bad path and had been for a while and then i had gotten i would i tried to sort of get out of this group or this gang or whatever you want to call it um and it didn't go well so i will I, I my old friends kept beating me up <laughs> and then they kept and then they kept beating up my new friends <laughs> so i just really felt like i wanted to get out of stockholm and um and then this idea of you know coming to the states and going to high school was really appealing. So then my parents agreed to to let me do that. But then it kind of it it got derailed because I, I applied for the West Coast states. That's where I wanted to end up. But um, after you know a few weeks of waiting, my dad came and woke me up, and he was like, "Joel, you're going to Hell Valley, Texas." Hell <laughs> Valley. Then we found out later it was actually called Dell Valley. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. it, was, it was outside of Austin. <laughs> But it was, uh, yeah, you know, very classic Texas, rural Texas. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very interesting experience. I had an odd host couple that took care of me. They were very odd. <laughs> but they didn't and beat you up and take your money. No, they didn't. They didn't. But it was just strange. It was, like, it, it was a household that had nothing on the walls. They never spoke to each other. They had 11 dogs that all lived inside the house. And, and they would, you know, my host mother, she would say, like, if you want to go watch a movie, you know, you go, you go look, go and look in the cupboard. Choose any movie you want. And it was a couple, they were both 50. And I opened this movie cupboard and it was about 200 films. Mm-hmm. But they were all cartoons. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, I've, I've seen the most of these, you know, when I was four. <laughs> 
So and you went AWOL from Texas? <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Well, fine. Like, I stayed there for five months. Uh, because at the same time, I had a really good time in school. Like, I was playing football and all these different sports. Oh, they let you out of the house. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. To, to go to school. <laughs> but yeah. that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. Um, but um, but I really, I had a great time in high school. There. I, I really, I had a good... And there was something about Texas, too, that I really love. Um, something very genuine and... I don't know. There, there's. Some, I have a real love for for Texas. I had heard a story about your wedding that sounded very bizarre. Was it in Vegas that you got married? No, it was uh, on the San Vicente Boulevard in L.A. On the boulevard. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? That's where the offices of uh, the famous SameDayMarriage.com <laughs> resides. <laughs> Same. Day, wait a minute now. SameDayMarriage.com. Yeah. Okay. And it was just that you two were really sentimental about this uh, moment? Well, uh, no. No, i got to hear this. Because <laughs> your whole life story is going to be a movie that will probably win an Academy Award. You know? <laughs> Once you do play. Well, um, I just decided to, uh, to propose to Cleo. Mm-hmm. And um, so I surprised her the, the day before. And then, mm-hmm. and then I found this place, samedaymarriage.com. And I was like, let's just go do it. And so we had... a. You know, that night after I proposed, like me and her, we had, you know, we had a good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We had, so we, uh, we, we drank heavily and, mm-hmm. and partied into the early hours. And then we were going to go do the deed, you know, uh, or the other deed. Mm-hmm. And, um, the other and then deed. we went there. So we were sort of in like our, you know, sweats, training clothes. And we just showed up really hungover. And, and we go into this place where it looks like when you walk in, it doesn't look like a place where you get married. It's like it looks like where some place where you buy like a Romanian kidney or something. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just Great. looks shady and um, extremely romantic. And this Russian lady is there, you know, behind the counter, and she was look, you want to get married? Like yes, <laughs> samedaymarriage.com, right? Uh-huh. Yes, okay, four hundred thirty-five dollars, so real quick. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> Real quick. sign the check and we walk in and uh, and then when we get in there we said we're waiting and I actually fall asleep and then I like I wake up and and there's this, this apparition it's this Dracula looking woman uh, enters or like hovers in and um, and she has really odd clothes on it's like her she has a dress that starts from like up here and she has this big cravat this white cravat that's like sticking up and she has a wig on of course and no eyebrows but um, but she has two upside down V's just painted like in a thick like (laughs) marker it just gives her a real peculiar uh, impression and and she's like so marriage (laughs) and me and Cleo nod (laughs) yes marriage that's why we're here she's like okay Stand inside chapel, and she points to this. What I understand is the the chapel, but it just looks like some weird torture contraption. It's just like it's just metal bars that are like bent randomly. Sure, filled with Romanian kidneys. <laughs> yeah, <That's exactly>. right. <laughs> and and there's some like random cloths hanging, and 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 so we go stand next to it because there's no obvious entrance. And she doesn't like that. She's like, stand inside, I said. And like, okay. So we kind of, we get inside. And then we stand there and, uh, and she, 
she holds this kind of speech, um, but it basically what she's saying, she's like, so it's this is serious uh, marriage. It's the rest of your life. And so you say yes. And, and she's pointing to me, and I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> and then she turns to Cleo, yes, okay, so this is marriage. It's for the rest of your life. So you say yes. And Cleo goes like, yes. She's like, that's a marriage. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Are you sure it was legal? And, uh, well, it was, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. It was. This is the first time you've been on this show, so yeah. you don't know we end in song. Oh, we do. Now, are Alex, you sure? Al- are you always, sure about that? Not lying, right, people? It always happens. Uh, Alex Skarsgård did it. He did me a Swedish thing that he said was where it was always played at the end of, or at the beginning of sporting events in Stockholm. But it was something in Sweden. He could have been just singing something completely obscene. I had <laughs> yeah. no idea what it was, but I, I believed him. Hmm. But we just do a little bit of a song. Okay. Could you give me something? Maybe in Swedish. Hmm. Veronica, Veronica, släpp ut ditt långa hår. Din älskling är försvunnen, men spelar det någon roll? Jag kommer inte ihåg texten, men den går lite så här. När det dagas. What did that mean? Well, it started out meaning, and then it was... It was a it was a beginning of a song. Should we not and know? And then I kind of forgot the the line, so I've just made up some lines. The but rest it, of it that sounded it's Swedish. it's it's from it's a Cornelius Vrisvik. Uh, Cornelius Vrisvik is like a national treasure in Sweden. He's like a troubadour, a singer songwriter. He's dead, but I love him. He's dead, but he loves him. Yeah. Look him up. Get married at samedaymarriage.com. <laughs> it's everything. Joel, you yeah. are a treat. You no, really are. It's a real pleasure. Great to meet you. Thank you yes, so much. Right. Thank you so much for having me.